Welcome to Dental Brain Crops. I'm your host, Chelsea Myers, and today I'm so excited to have my new friend, Sina Amiri, here with me. He's the VP of Revenue at Zentist. Sina, welcome to the show. Hi, Chelsea. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. So um, you and I got to finally meet in person. We've been going back and forth on social and in email, but we got to meet in person at the Dykema conference, which was really exciting. And um, I got to learn more about you. So I'm really excited to have you here today. And I'd love to um, start with just a little bit of a background. Talk to me about how you got into dentistry and particularly the RCM uh, realm of dentistry. Yeah, so I've been in healthcare for pretty much most of my career. Uh, got into the healthcare IT market in 2012, and I've worked for two publicly traded software companies that provided enterprise software solutions uh, to hospitals and health systems uh, across, right across North America. And that gave me a lot of exposure to what was happening in the medical world. And then in 2012, I had the opportunity to join a healthcare real estate consulting firm that was in medical, dental, veterinary, optometry, and pharmacy. And um, initially, because of my prior experience, you know, they wanted to put me into the medical uh, division. They actually had acquired a medical consulting firm many years ago, mm-hmm. and they wanted me to kind of help with that, but didn't have an opening there. And the partner, like me, he ended up saying, let's put you into the dental division. And as soon as I got into the dental division, I just had a lot of positive experiences and interactions with these solopreneurs. And that led me to kind of want to stay in dental. So like three months in, uh, ended up doing really well, kind of fell in love with the, uh, in the industry. And you know, the comparison I make to medical is when you're dealing with hospitals and health systems, there is a lot of processes, procedures, there's a lot of politics, it can, you know, there's multiple stakeholders, right? The funding cycles are oftentimes long. And so from that perspective, I just love the fact that here's, you know, a person, a small business owner, right? That if you provide an ROI solution that delivers value, you can, you know, pretty much get them to go ahead with the decision. And so um, that was a really good experience that I had, ended up being there for five years. When you deal with healthcare real estate, you're dealing with everything from site selection to relocation to doctors that are looking to transition their clinic to a new mm-hmm. owner. And because of the brick and mortar business, you get a lot of exposure to the business of dentistry that way. And that company, the partners actually started a DSO. Uh, I wasn't involved directly with that DSO, but later on I had the opportunity to go and join uh, a dental group that was founded by a clinician that was just acquiring clinics. and brought me on board as their first VP of clinical operations. And we ended up scaling that and kind of learned along the way what to do and what not to do. Cause uh, obviously uh, at the time that I got into that business, you know, it was not private equity backed. We were just in the midst of like integrating these clinics and what a good opportunity to kind of understand where the efficiencies can be derived and how to drive those revenue and, 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 and gross margins upwards. Okay. So talk more about that. So it sounds like that was your, um, that was your gateway to realizing that RCM is really where you shine. And so talk to me, what is revenue cycle management? Yeah. So, so it's important to mention that the clinics that I previously ran were primarily fee for service um, okay. there was an insurance element, but given the, the market, um, it was not anything close to the average DSO in terms of the revenue cycle. 
and you know at that point in time i was talking to a couple of companies that were in the medical revenue cycle management market i had previously worked for a company that had a medical revenue cycle management software application that was basically part of a package um, that included electronic health records and so for me it was kind of odd coming into dental in 2012 um, where you know you have these practice management systems but there there's a lack of there's a lack of uh, revenue cycle management capability within those software and it's very difficult to get the entire you know life cycle of the revenue measured and, and managed effectively and so I just felt there was a lot of infrastructure related gaps in, in the dental industry okay had it in the back of my mind that you know sooner or later somebody's going to come along right and and, and come, come up with a solution or a product that's going to address this and had advised a startup in this space uh, in the past and when I had the opportunity to talk to the founder of uh, Zentist uh, it seemed really clear to me that considering the expertise that uh, the founding team had in combination with the fact that they had gotten the interest of VCs in Silicon Valley. Um, so the funding, you know, the capital um, structure was there. And then in addition to that, really smart engineers that were working on this very difficult problem. So from my perspective, it was a combination of the right team, right, the right capital funding, access to capital funding. And then in addition to that, having had early traction with uh, solo practices and a few dental groups, uh, it became clear to me that there was going to be a huge need as the market got consolidated for REM cycle management technologies to be implemented within uh, dental groups. Because one of the things that we saw through the, the pandemic uh, across DSOs was they lost a lot of their uh, team members right at the front desk as well as the back clinical operations. And what occurred was you had a lot more uh, in, you know, staff members that felt like, you know, they were not having the right tools and didn't have enough time to kind of go through the process of managing AR effectively. And so a lot of processes that worked pre-pandemic started to kind of break down uh, as a result of the labor shortages. And so for me, it was a perfect uh, storm really to kind of force digital transformation, which I'm a big proponent of. But I think pre-pandemic, there was less of an impetus uh, to make that decision because of change management related challenges. And now it seems that more DSOs and dental groups are very much looking at ways to solving these challenges with technologies. Yeah, you know, I think that your, your phrase there, the perfect storm, that's a great way to put it because uh, obviously with all of the unfortunate things, there was a lot of realization about ways that we can automate things that weren't previously automated and get people um, really into a groove that they want to be in offloading those, um, those less exciting tasks. And so talk to me more about how uh, technology is assisting DSOs in and uh, the dental industry with these challenges of yeah, so one of the things that every practice deals with on a regular basis, right, is the need to be able to interpret explanation of benefits and log into these insurance portals to get the payment status information. And, uh, you know, pre-pandemic, you were on hold for the various different payers for a long period of time. And that only got longer as we saw, you know, payers, frankly, 
dealing with staff shortages on their end in their call centers. And so one of the easiest ways that Xantos has been reducing the amount of time that you know, dental teams spend on administrative mm -hmm. tasks is by creating a technology that allows the dental group or practice to be able to, without manually logging into the portals, the insurance portals, obtain those explanation of benefits across you know, hundreds of payers. In addition to that, um, a lot of practices today are not leveraging electronic remittance advice, which is the digital version of an EOB and an explanation of benefit. And so what we've done is we've created technology that uh, parses explanation of benefit statements in addition to fetching the ERAs from okay. various clearinghouses and centralizing all of that payment insurance payment data on one dashboard, which makes the job of somebody who's doing posting on the billing department up to 50% more efficient because prior to Zentist, it would have to log in manually to all of these insurance portals, download the EOB. They would have to be familiar with how to read an EOB from one payer to the next, right? And as we know, there's a lot of temps that have been working in these offices. And when I, have, when I had a temp in my DSO working the front desk of a clinic, my AR always went up. And it's primarily because they're not as familiar with your AR policies and they're not as familiar with your payer mix. So what happens is that the cash, uh, the time to posting that cash just gets longer, right? And so this is a perfect use case for the application of robotic process automation, which really simply means you're using bots, and these are metaphorical bots, not physical bots, to you know go onto the portals and at night obtain all of those EOBs. And then we have technology that can read the EOB and can compartmentalize the information in such a way that the person who's doing the billing doesn't have to interpret all that information, standardize it, normalize it, and know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. So just logistically, if I'm the person that's utilizing the benefit of this product, what do I have to do? Do I just pull a report? Do I click a button? What does that process look like for the user? Yeah, you simply log into a cloud-based dashboard and all of the payments that are ready for posting will appear mm -hmm. on that dashboard. You can search by patient name, you can search by EFT check number. Uh, so you have the ability to actually reconcile that data with your bank account as well, which accounts love, right? Because one of the challenges that often happens if you're, let's say, a private equity backed DSO is you have to be able to demonstrate uh, through an audit how, if you're, you know, got a large enough credit facility, how those transactions line up with those patient visits. Right. right? So, and, and really at the end of the day, um, the more cash you're accepting and, and the less transparent this process is, from a perspective of financial controls, the greater the likelihood of embezzlement. So at my DSO, when we went through accounting audits, you know, these financial controls would get flagged, right, if they're not properly managed. Uh, and, and this is another reason why I think it's beneficial to have software that allows you to have visibility over the entire revenue cycle, regardless of how the payments are being made. Um, you know, and, and, and today it's very apparent that practice management software is not accounting software, right? So right. switching particularly from, let's say, you know, cash to accrual accounting, right? Most practice management software allow you to go in and backdate a procedure, which is pretty much in violation of GAAP uh, rule. Right? <laughs> uh, and it's, again, it's not the fault of the practice management systems. They were not built or designed for accounting, 
nor were they designed for payment reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is this is great. I'm really excited about it. Hey, so Cena, you guys did this really cool thing. Um, I know that Zentist hosted a DSO um, RCM boot camp. Can you talk to me more about that? Yeah, so back in March in Miami, we hosted the inaugural dental RCM boot camp, um, specifically um, targeting uh, group dentistry because we felt like a lot of the groups that were struggling with RCM would benefit from having a forum to share best practices and discuss their challenges. And so we uh, hosted this bootcamp for the first time in the DSO industry. We had a phenomenal turnout and um, the individuals that attended, their roles spanned from RCM managers to directors and VPs and uh, C-suite uh, executives. And the whole purpose of it was to kind of discuss, like I said, best practices when it comes to revenue cycle management. And although Xantis was the host of the bootcamp, we actually did not discuss our technology and, and solution. We wanted to, to be you know, solution agnostic, right? We wanted to make sure that the individuals that did attend had the opportunity to just discuss what challenges they were facing and how they were overcoming it. And a lot of the organizations that were in attendance were actually not customers of dentists. And that was intentional because we wanted to make sure that the folks that were in the audience got the benefit of hearing different ways of tackling problems, not just through technology, but through process and people. Mm -hmm. And what's fantastic about that is when you create that type of community, people can really, first of all, enlighten um, service providers to help us know, you know, what solutions need to be found still, what's working and what's not. But also, I feel like it really opens the door to create um, a tribe or a group of people that can support each other because you know you hear dentists say all the time i feel like i'm on an island all by myself but actually when you start talking to people in different roles within an organization everybody feels that way and so it's fantastic that you were bringing light you know this role in this sector section of the industry uh, and it's you know without it the organization's not going very far so we have to have a support system in place for revenue cycle management and all those in, uh, that support that system yeah, because when we were going to conferences, we noticed that a lot of the DSO conferences, we did not see a lot of RCM professionals at these conferences. And when we spoke with them, they felt like, you know, they were not part of these conferences. And, and you know, when they went to their leaders within the organization, um, they felt like, well, you're an RCM and the content at these conferences doesn't specifically speak to RCM. So if we're going to have three people go to the conference, you know, maybe it's the CEO, maybe it's the CFO, and maybe it's the COO. And so oftentimes we felt like these folks didn't feel part of the community. Um, and we had to kind of create a forum for them to network with each other and be able to share, frankly, some of the struggles they're having, right? Because like it is their career and just like everybody, they want to be able to advance in that career. And it's beneficial to speak with somebody maybe who's done it before, maybe a little bit more senior than them. And so that career advice that you're getting from somebody who's been there, done that, can really be instrumental in keeping these folks in the industry and more importantly, uh, making them feel recognized. And through the uh, two days of content, you know, we went through the process of actually awarding certificates uh, for those that attended because we wanted to give them the recognition that they didn't feel like they've had before. And so we're excited uh, that in November uh, of uh, 2022, we're gonna be hosting our second dental RCM bootcamp. 
If you want more information, you can go on our website, which is www.zentist.io to obtain more information. We'll make the registration link available. And if anybody has any questions regarding the event, just feel free to reach out to us and we'll connect you with one of our representatives. Perfect. Thank you so much. I'm excited. I'll check it out for sure. It'll be exciting. Thanks, Chelsea. Yeah, thanks, Tina. Have a good day. I appreciate you joining me for today's episode. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit dentallife.coach for access to additional coaching tools as well as more episodes to help you create the dental life you truly desire.